This road passes through proclaimed Bantu locations. Any person who enters the location without a permit renders himself liable for prosecution for contravening the Bantu Urban Areas Consolidation Act 1945 and the Location Regulation Act of the City of Johannesburg. The above message can be found written on larger-than-life signs staked on every road leading into Alexandra, where I was born and raised, or for that matter, into any other black ghetto of South Africa. It is meant to dissuade white people from entering the black world. As a result, more than 90% of white South Africans go through a lifetime without seeing firsthand the inhuman conditions under which blacks have to survive. Yet, the white man of South Africa claims to the rest of the world that he knows what is good for black people and what it takes for a black child to grow up to adulthood. He vaunts aloud that his blacks in South Africa are well-fed and materially better off under the chains of apartheid than their liberated brothers and sisters in the rest of Africa. But, in truth, these claims and boasts are hollow. The white man of South Africa certainly does not know me. He certainly does not know the conditions under which I was born and had to live for 18 years. So my story is intended to show him with words a world he would otherwise not see because of a sign and a conscience wrecked with guilt and to make him feel what I felt when he contemptuously called me a Kefir boy. At the writing of this book, the ghetto of Alexandra had just been saved from extinction by Bishop Desmond Tutu, winner of the 1984 Nobel Peace Prize, and a group of clergymen. When the reprieve came, over half of Alexandra had already been destroyed for the ghetto had been on death row since 1962 when the South African government first decreed that it had to go because it occupied land onto which whites wished to expand. The remains of Alexandra can be found about ten miles north of Johannesburg. You will not mistake those remains for anything else. They occupy a one-square-mile pit, constantly shrouded by a heavy blanket of smog. It is the only such pit in an enclave of spacious, fresh-aired, verdant white suburbs sporting such melodious names as Northcliffe, Rosebank, Lower Hotton, Bremley, Killarney, and Edenvale. The Alexandra of my childhood and youth was a shanty town of mostly shacks, a few decent houses, lots of gutters, and lots of unpaved, potholed streets with numbers from 1st to 23rd. First Avenue was where Indians, the cream of Alexandra's quarantined society, lived 
behind their sell-everything stores and produce stalls, which were the ghetto's main shopping centers. Indians first came to South Africa in 1860 as indentured servants to work the sugarcane fields of Natal. Second, Third and Fourth Avenues were inhabited mostly by coloreds, the mulatto race which came into being nine months after white settlers arrived in South Africa in 1652, without women. The rest of Alexandra streets were filled by black faces, many of them as black as coal, full-blooded Africans. Many of these blacks were as poor as church mice. In South Africa, there's a saying that to be black is to be at the end of the line when anything of significance is to be had. So these.